I'm not sure. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. I think I'm going to leave more often, Pastor Cameron. This has been a, a wonderful two weeks of harvest here, and uh, Central believes in the future. If you're here or you're watching and your students were a part of this, thank you for trusting them, um, entrusting them to our care for the last couple of uh, weeks. We believe that Jesus is the answer to your kids' problems and their futures and your students and their futures and your family. We believe there's one common denominator, one answer, and his name, get ready, there's a good place for an amen, is Jesus Christ. Amen. You have to prompt your amens in the year 2020. They just, they're not natural. You must prompt them. But whatever, it doesn't trouble me to prompt them. I'm so glad to see all of you. It's good to see the family. And there's there some people here that I don't know yet. And I want to tell you, I want to know you. And I want to be your friend and uh, Pastor Cameron. And we, we want to uh, establish that relationship. What's beautiful is um, the church, even though things are so different, if you would have come um, in the end of last year or the first part of this year, there would have been double the number of seats. We've got plenty of space. Some of y'all like it. Because you don't have to squeeze when you're getting in. You did it. You like this. Uh, but the truth is, we, we had even more here. Someone said, are we going to have a, be- a new normal? And we said, no, we're going to have a better normal. Because what we're going to do is we're going to reach into other areas. We're going to be strategic with our hands, local hands, global fingerprints. And good night last week was an illustration of that. While we were ministering to families in our community locally, Terry and I were out west in Montana and Wyoming and Colorado and Illinois, we flew through Illinois, so I counted that too. If I'm, I'm getting a T-shirt. Have you ever seen these T-shirts that say something tour, you know, the name's a band, and then it puts all the places. And I'm going to say, North Carolina, Terry, where do we fly next? Well, that was Illinois, and then Ohio. And I'll tell you tonight what happened at that camp. Unbelievable. And show you pictures of that, and of Michael and, and Christy. But then from there, we, uh, we left there and went to... Uh, Another state, I can't remember which one it was, and then out to Bozeman, Montana, we flew in. And um, they're two hours behind us. And boy, that was, a, that was an issue. When you get 60 years old, time changing and flying three hours will mess you up. And Michael and Christy and their kids, they didn't understand that. They're young and aggressive, so they're running us here, yonder, and everywhere. Me and Terry are wall-eyed. It's kind of like Pastor Jeremy talking about how wonderful the week was. I bet you if you followed him around a little bit that week with all those kids, his tail was dragging the ground in a big way. But this morning, oh, it was wonderful and good, yeah. But it was a, a wonderful week and a wonderful harvest. We got to minister in three churches in the state of Montana through prayer and just encouragement to young pastors. Um, so let me open this morning's message with a word of prayer and then uh, an illustration and a truth. Let's pray. Lord, we already sense your presence in this room. And we know it's not us singing and preaching and testifying, but Christ in us. It wasn't us, Lord, that brought those new families and new young people and new children into your kingdom. This past week, you did it, Jesus. We glorify you for that. It wasn't you that put together Christian families and brought little babies into our lives to dedicate or any of those things, Lord. It was all you. We just get to be your servants, empty vessels to be filled with you. And God, I pray you to let this truth be an extension of what we heard last week on the Holy Spirit's work in the family. Lord, I know what I cannot do, you can. So use your servant. And I'll thank you for it. Believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
when it's 10 o'clock here, it's 8 o'clock there. So I was getting ready to go to church in Montana last week to hear our young theologian, Michael, preach. And I turned on Facebook Live. And um, I heard the message that you heard, if you were here last week, on the family and on the Holy Spirit's integral part in the family. And, and basically, I didn't hear a whole lot more than just that truth. And the Holy Spirit so convicted me of my own failure so many times. And I'm not just talking about when the kids were little. I'm talking about now. My own failure as a husband sometimes in the way I speak to Terry or my responses to my children or grandchildren, sometimes neglect, getting so busy in everything else that's important, that I fell down beside the bed in that hotel room and I began to pray and ask God to forgive me. And I thought, I bet you hundreds of our people are kneeling in altars, in their homes, making things right. And I hope some of you did. But I fear something. I was looking at statistics while I was out there. Did you know there are 4,000 Southern Baptist churches, a lot more Baptist congregations, other kinds of Baptists, but there are 4,000 Southern Baptist churches alone in this state of North Carolina, which is much smaller, a lot, a lot of more people, but much smaller than Montana. There are 100, not quite 140 Southern Baptist churches in the state, the whole state of Montana. Michael Pastor is one of the largest ones, one of the leading ones. And I was thinking, I wonder how many towns there are no churches. I wonder on how many reservations. By the way, i got a heavy burden for Native Americans while there. They're marginalized as bad as African Americans are here in our state. And uh, people aren't loving them and taking the gospel to those reservations. Some of them have no gospel preaching church there. So I got this heavy burden while I was there, and we'll talk more about that later. But with all that going on, I was thinking, you know, I... I know what I'm supposed to preach. Pastor Cameron, the moment I repented, I knew what I needed to preach. What I needed, the church needs. And that is, this morning I want to preach on family forgiveness. Family forgiveness. You just kind of assume, don't you, that if you change a particular kind of behavior, that your spouse or your children have forgiven you. But if you haven't asked, there's something wrong. Or maybe someone has asked, and you just haven't forgiven. Or maybe that person in your family, maybe they're not even here anymore. Never ask before they passed, and so you really haven't forgiven them, and you're carrying around something. Or maybe you're a student, and your heart, you're outwardly complying with what your mom and daddy says, but down deep in your heart, there's rebellion, and there's bitterness. Maybe somebody hurt you, and there is no hurt like a family hurt. They walked away. They're no longer there. Or they broke you. Can I tell you, this morning, God has something to say to you on forgiveness, family forgiveness. I don't, look here, it doesn't matter what has happened to you. God has the capacity to heal your hurt. If you believe that, say amen. From small, from small omissions in the family to misstatements, to intentional acts to hurt each other. To the things when we're not filled with the Spirit, as we heard last week. Gentlemen, when you haven't been the leader, God called you to that. Spiritual leader. In His Word, 
clear by your family seeing you walking with God. Ma'am, being the lover, the heart of that family. When you haven't been filled with the Spirit to love. Men, you haven't been filled with the Spirit to lead. Young people, you haven't been filled with the Spirit to follow or obey. When you have wanted your way to the point that it's brought hurt in other people's lives. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And I have a scripture that I saw something in a little unique. I want you to look at Matthew 18, beginning in verse 21. I'm not going to preach just this text. I'm going to look at random verses. But I want to talk to you about family. Now, I don't know who all's here, and I'm not preaching anyone in particular. I just know what the Lord laid on my heart for this morning. So will you hear it? And if God speaks to you, will you respond this morning? Will you obey God and just respond? To him, not to me, but to him. Verse 21, then came Peter to Jesus, to him, and said, Lord, how oft, or how often, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. In another place, Jesus says seventy times seven in a day. What in the world do you think Jesus was talking about? You think we just ought to be walking around looking for somebody to hurt us so we could ask forgiveness 70 times? I mean, we, the chip on our shoulder, you know, victim. You ever met victims? Y'all know any victims? I hope there's none in this room that just, I mean, everybody's against me. And nobody, everybody's pushing me down. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll eat some worms. I mean, have you met those people? Because I have. I have met them. And, uh, and they're just walking around looking, for chip on their shoulder. I mean, there's no way to win sometimes. What do you think Jesus was saying? Listen, I'm going to tell you what he was saying. He was saying, just keep on forgiving. Never stop forgiving. You know what happens in your family when someone hurts a member of the family? Or someone has hurt you? You know that awkward silence, that disconnect that happens? And the pride then begins to manifest itself. And the Satan, the enemy, stands back and he laughs because he's got you. And then we put on the airs on Sunday morning. And we put on our Christian ease. And we bring our Bibles and we smile and say amen and sing, Not I but Christ in me. And your kids see it. And they know how you spoke to them this morning or, or their mama. Look here, you're not fooling this generation. Teenagers have got x-ray vision, man. They see what's real. Children see what's real. And I want to tell you, if you think you're fooling them by living one way at home and another way at church or someplace else, it's just not happening. And the answer is being filled with the Spirit, as we heard last week. And yet we know that there are times when we are not. How many of you know that as quickly as God can fill you with the Spirit? Are you listening? Just that quickly, you can leak. I mean, just that quick. I I don't know why and how it happens other than I am a human being. I'm still flesh. But I know I can get in a closet with Jesus and pray and be filled with with God and walk out of that room and get in my car and come to the church and walk in there to meet with those young pastors. And before long, I'm just the flesh. is all over me all over again. No, it's not them so much. As As just me. James gave illustrations in the Sunday school hour so many times. And yet, I would say to you, before you have a chance to ask forgiveness, you forget about it. You move on to something else, and there's a problem with that because the hurt remains. 
So I've got two or three little simple thoughts this morning. First of all, we need forgiveness. Well, let me, let me say something about the Old Testament. I was asking God, Lord, show me in the Old Testament some illustrations. Give me some stories of families that asked forgiveness. There was healing. There was repentance. There was a reconnect. Lord, show me this in the Bible. I need to see it in the Old Testament. How about digging into that a little bit? I can give you a couple of examples, but they're not great ones. Like Jacob and Esau. Remember when he made things right with his brother? Boy, it cost him that distance and that length of time. And, and I could give you a few examples, but I was struggling. And so I was riding down the road with Michael and Christy and their children. And I said to our young man of God, I said, Michael, tell me some illustrations in the, in the Old Testament. Michael has a, a graduate degree and he's pretty smart. He said, well, got real quiet for a few minutes. Then he said this. He said, you know, maybe the reason why there's no illustrations of human beings and repentance and forgiveness like that within the family is because God himself was forgiving his children, the children of Israel. They would mess up. Remember the pattern of the Old Testament? Then God would forgive them. And then they would mess up again. You remember this? And then he would forgive them. And then they'd go after other gods, and then he would forgive them. He just showed us a pattern of what he said in Matthew 18. Just keep forgiving if you think your husband or your wife or your kids are ever going to get there, hey, here's a news flash for you. If you think you're ever going to get to the place where you don't need to forgive and you don't need forgiveness, i got news for you. That's not going to happen. Even though you're saved and you can walk in the Spirit and you can hurt people a lot less, but you're still going to blow it sometimes. And when you do, you need the capacity to come to God for forgiveness and then you need the capacity to go to your family and humble yourself. How else are our children going to learn this principle of forgiveness unless we forgive? Let me give you three or four little brief thoughts, really a simple message this morning, on family forgiveness. Number one, we must remember we've been forgiven. Number one, you and I must remember that we've been forgiven. You know who knows me best? Me. Me and Terry have been married 40 years, but I'm, she knows me better than anybody else in this room, but nobody knows me better than me. And I know this about me. I am a sinner. I'm still a sinner. I was depraved without God. I came to Him in faith as a sinner who needed a Savior, and Jesus washed me clean. He saved me. He wrote my name down in heaven. I'm eternally secure in Jesus Christ. However, I'm still in this body of flesh, and I still blow it so much so that when He was teaching us to pray, He said, I want to teach you how to pray this way. When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our trespasses or our failures, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us. He said, look, you're going to be in a pattern. You're going to live in a life where you're going to need to be forgiven and you're going to need to forgive. This needs to be a routine like breathing in and breathing out. And some of us may be sitting here this morning, I feel prompted to say this, have held on to hurt so deep that has come in your family. It may have been abuse. It may have been abandonment. But it's so heavy that you're holding on to it right now and you can't even move forward with your present family because you're hurting so deeply and you've never forgiven. Well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Who in the world said anybody deserves it? I don't deserve to be forgiven anyway. I got forgiveness because of the grace of God, not because I deserved it. 
And so if someone or something in your past is so marking you, it's either going to mess you up in the future, or this morning you're going to walk down an aisle to lay it before Jesus and say, I'm carrying this no more. Forgive me, God, for carrying this, and I trust you to bring forgiveness in my life. Number one, we must remember that we've been forgiven. Psalm 103 verse 12 came to my mind. As far as the east is from the west. You know how far that is? I traveled that this week. And I didn't go all the way. I could have kept going round and round. and round. You'd never get there. You'd just keep on traveling. I don't want to do that. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions, our sins from us. Did you know what? He don't remember any of my sins. I remember them. Devil remembers them. Terry remembers some of them. <laughs> I've been a pastor here a few years. Some of y'all remember them. But God don't remember them. I've come to him. We've got to remember. This will give you the capacity to forgive others when you realize that you've been forgiven and what you've been forgiven from. I knew some of you before you got saved. You were a mess. And Jesus washed you and changed you. We're still sinners, but we're not the same as we used to be. I love this verse in Ephesians chapter 1 or verse 7 where he said, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of, his, of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wow. Number one, we must remember we've been forgiven. Number two, we must forgive. You know what Ephesians 4 says? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted. What's the next part? Forgiving one another. Did you know this is not a suggestion? It's a commandment. Every now and then in the, in the study, I'll be sitting with a marriage, a family, and there'll be some conflict. And, uh, and I'll talk to them about forgiveness and many times, and usually it's the female, sorry about that, but it just is, that'll kind of bristle and say, but pastor, I don't feel like forgiving him. To which I always reply, well, I understand that. But forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a commandment. If you belong to God, he says to you, you must do it. For your benefit and your healing as much as for the healing of this hurt. It's a commandment. We must forgive. (laughs) Somebody comes to you, and I don't know how many of you, by the way, one of the greatest nights in my memory of this church was that night in our revival back in September when they preached on forgiveness. Do y'all remember this? People started getting right with God. And then something really cool happened. People started getting right with each other. God honest is what they did. There were people coming to me and telling me stuff that I'd forgotten. And I had to choose to do what I just preached to you. We must forgive. Then I had to turn around and ask people some things. Hey, will you forgive me while I was on my knees in prayer? The Lord brought a man to my heart. When I got up off my knees, he was standing right here in this aisle. Tears, joy, Revival in the church when we forgive, when we extend forgiveness. And then number three, not only must we remember we've been forgiven, number two, we must forgive. But number three, we must ask, we must ask forgiveness. You know, some of us ask God, we say, Lord, would you forgive me for that? And we kind of pass it over. Baptists are famous for this. I was watching a documentary last night and this woman whose child had been killed said I if I see the woman that killed her I'm going to tell her I've forgiven you 
And then she said this. That part sounded really good. And then she said this, because I have to. Because the Bible says, if I don't forgive her, then God won't forgive me. Which the Bible does say that. But you've got to understand what the Lord's saying. He's not saying, if you now have aught in your heart towards someone and you're unwilling to forgive them, well, then you're going to hell. You can't. You know, that's works. That be coming to that last moment. You know, so a lot of people believe in this community that their salvation is based on what happens at the last. If I, do, if I walk with God and I give my heart to Christ and then come to my last few weeks and somebody does me wrong and I don't forgive them, who I'm going to hell for it. <laughs> that's not true. The only way you'll go to hell is if you miss the cross. You come to faith in Jesus Christ, he will wash you past sins, present sins, future sins. You are sealed under the day of redemption, and there's nothing that can take you out of the Father's hand. However, he did give us a principle of the importance of extending forgiveness. Pastor, you don't know the circumstances of how deeply this person has hurt me and scarred me. No, you don't know the capacity of God's power in this book. He wants to release you. He wants to give you something you haven't had in a while, victory in your soul and joy in your life that you left behind some time ago when you allowed that hurt to remain. So notice We must forgive, and then we must ask forgiveness. Here's the verse that came to my heart, and I'm going to be specific for a moment, and meddle. James 5, verse 16 says this, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. Confess your faults. You have to, did you know it's important to confess? I'm going to show you in a moment in closing that Jesus actually acknowledged his own hurt. But when you are hurt or wronged or you fail, you must, Jesus never did that, but you must ask forgiveness. Sir, God gave you a, a family like he did Jacob standing here with his wife and little boy Landon this morning. And let's say, for instance, that you so miserably failed. You didn't read the Word of God. You didn't walk with Jesus. You didn't pray. Your kids never, boy, I I don't want to lift up my family as anything special, but you've heard me say it before. When I was 13, Mother married Arthur Justice. I thought he was the weirdest old man I'd ever met in my life. He was skinny and tall and stood erect. He was in his Bible all the time. He couldn't even laugh at nothing else but something. He, he was spiritual all the time, spiritual with him. It would drive, we, we'd say to him, it's, it's nothing not spiritual to you in those early days. But I woke up every morning as a 13-year-old boy. You know what my alarm clock was? Hearing that man call my name out before the Lord in prayer. I'm standing right here because of that. And yet some of us feel so, I feel like a failure when I consider godly men like that. I missed opportunities To live godly in Christ Jesus in front of my children. Yeah, we came to church, but what about at home? And the discipleship. You say, Pastor, I can't uh, redo it. I'm I'm, I'm overwhelmed by it. I, I can't forgive myself. Well, listen, that's coming up. Did you know, look, the Lord knew you'd be a mess and you wouldn't do everything right when he saved you. You need to come to him and confess that. I blew it on some things, Lord. Please forgive me. In a few moments, this altar is going to be open. It'd do you good to humble yourself and come. So much more, men, that we could say to God, I need forgiveness for. 
I haven't led my home and family. I wasn't filled with the Spirit. How about women, mothers, wives? If you've been so selfish and so self-consumed or so, I thought about this one as I prepared, or you've made an idol out of your child to the point that you've neglected your husband, you've neglected your God, so much so that you have made an idol of that child. You do everything that you think you need to do that you didn't get to do when you were a little girl. And you take her to every class and every extracurricular activity and you tell her you're the most wonderful thing in the whole world and you'll be president one day probably. And you, you make all these promises. You know, we, we're raising a generation, if we're not careful, that have no idea of their own sin. They're not aware Because the world has made an idol of them. Families have. I don't know. I'm just saying whatever it is you say, well, if I had it to do all over again, well, you can't can't go back, but you can take this day forward and say, God, forgive me, and by your grace, I'm going to live walking in the Spirit before my children. You can't do this. God has to do it in you. And young people, I don't want to leave you out. (laughs) Some of you have had moms and dads that loved you and poured the gospel into you and came to this church. Only to avoid all of that for years. And go your own way like the Amish do, the rum springer. Where you think, I I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and do what I want to do. And I'm going to live like I want to live. Listen to self and all that. Where's God in that? Did you not give your life to Jesus Christ? Have you come to him and asked God, what do you have planned for me? If your heart is bitter toward anyone's student, you need to ask God to forgive you. We must ask forgiveness. One last thing. Not only must we remember we've been forgiven. Number two, we must forgive. Number three, we must ask forgiveness. Number four, we must forgive ourselves. Boy, this is a big one. The enemy would love nothing more than to cause you to believe false doctrine. That somehow or another God hasn't forgiven you. Or that you must live under the regret and guilt of your failure for so many years. You know, the good news is he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He turns us into his own son. He washes everything clean. And here's what I would say. I've watched it happen. I've watched parents after years of mistakes and failures and sometimes not even being saved and then coming to Christ later, redeem that time and watch Jesus use even a couple of hours to change the heart of their students. But whatever happens, I want to tell you, I love this verse, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful to forgive us. That's our salvation, I believe, our sins. And to cleanse us, that's after salvation, from all unrighteousness. If God has called you clean, what I've cleansed, call thou not unclean. Isn't that what he said? Now you're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. I'm going to tell you, when the Lord makes you clean, you're clean. To, to say anything other than that is to deny what God has done in your life. You say, but what about my past? He don't remember your past. He's chosen to forget it. Don't let the enemy dangle your skeletons in your closet right in front of your eyes all the time to remind you of your failure. Someone has said, when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. He's going to burn forever one day in a pit. 
Forgive yourself. I got one little truth. I want you to look up at me because I I want to share this. And then, Pastor Cameron, that quote you gave at the close of the 8 o'clock, I hope you can remember it. I want you to share it again when you do the closing remarks because it was powerful. Jesus shows us something, his life. He's our model. Um, he gives us direction. And in the life of Jesus, he shows us his three steps to forgiveness. I just want to give them to you real quick in closing. In Matthew 26, 38, Jesus says these words. You might remember, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's about to bear the sins of the whole world, and he's feeling the weight of that. And here's what he says. My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. He's feeling the weight of all that. Number one, Jesus' first step, forgiveness, face the hurt. Just face it. Stop trying to hide from it. Pretend like it didn't bother you. Face the hurt. You know what the Bible says we're supposed to do? Speak the truth in love. If the person who hurt you or you've hurt is in your life, go to them. Speak to them. Make a phone call. I, I'll never forget that day at Wake Christian. Some of our kids go there to school over in Raleigh. And one morning I had a message prepared. It was a little week of revival in that school. And there's a bunch of students. I don't remember how many are there. Eight, nine hundred. I was preaching that morning. And I was going to preach on something else. And the Lord said, nope. Forgiveness. I said, Lord, I don't have an outline. Everybody's supposed to have an outline. <laughs> he said, you better do what I say. I didn't hear it just like that. But I, I just preached a simple message, used one little text on forgiveness, and the Spirit of God broke the hearts of those students. I saw them weeping all over the place. They were getting things right with their teachers, with each other. And when I left to get in my car to come home afterwards, they shut the classes down in the afternoon. People were getting right with each other and God. And there was a line. This was, well, I guess it was a few years back. I don't, they, they weren't supposed to have their cell phones in class, might have been, ooh, that's been maybe five or more years ago, maybe more than that. There was a line as far as from here to the cars of students waiting to get to the office, to the telephone, to call their mama and daddy and ask them to forgive them. Can I tell you something about I know about you? I know one or two things are going to happen. You're either going to face your hurt, you're going to accept forgiveness, you're going to extend forgiveness, you're going to ask forgiveness, or you're going to continue to be as hard-headed as anybody else in this whole world, and you're going to carry this around with you, and it's going to mess you up. And it might mess your youngins up too. Or this morning, you're going to find a place from in this altar and get out from where you are and say, by the grace of God, I can't control him, I can't control her, I can control me. I choose to forgive the people who have hurt me the most, and I will ask forgiveness of those who I have hurt. Number one, face the hurt. Number two, they're both found in the last scripture. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, say it with me, forgive them for they, they know not what they do. Number two, understand the truth. Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully. I was a grown man before I ever heard anybody say this. Understand this truth. The people who have hurt you the worst sometimes have no clue how much they've hurt you. Do you think they were hanging Jesus on the cross when he said this? Do you think Jesus, as he hung there, do you think those soldiers had any idea the depth of what they were doing? The Son of God who would shed his blood for their salvation, they're nailing to a cross. Look, my father, I've told you this story before, let alcohol rule his life. It became his idol, drank himself to death. Do you think, though, he sat around and thought, hmm, let me think of a way I can destroy the future of my sons. Two of the three are dead right now, prematurely. No, I don't think he planned that at all. I do think that Satan planned it. 
strategically. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's how I'm going to... But God stepped in, saved both my brothers before they died. <clears throat> Use me a little bit. I'm telling you right now, understand this truth. You don't know my situation, Pastor. No, you might not know what's really going on in that person's heart or yours. Face the hurt. Jesus said, my soul's sorrowful even to death. Face yours. Number two, understand the truth. They know not what they did. And then number three, choose to forgive. Just choose. It's a choice. You say, I can't forgive. Oh, yes, you can. I can't do it for you, but you can choose to. It's your choice. You say, what if the person in this room is the one I need to forgive and they'll never come and ask me? Then you can come and tell God, Lord, I need your help. I want to forgive them. And you can start loving them as if things were never done. Maybe there's a dad that needs to take the hand of his wife or, or a teenager, his mom or dad, or a full family that needs to come. And not just pray and cry, but to say, God, forgive me. Or, Lord, I will forgive her. I will forgive him. I will forgive them. God, I want to experience family forgiveness. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we've all got a past. Some things in our past have already been repented of, forgiven, asked forgiveness of. But I'm asking you, dear Holy Spirit, right this moment to come to the lives and hearts of people May we be so honest, naked before Thee, our hearts, so that we could know what we need to forgive, what we need to ask forgiveness for. May families in this room respond to last week's message. Because of our failure to be filled with the Spirit, Lord, we have a mess in many of our homes and families. Forgive me. As Terry and I kneel in this altar today, God, I pray we would live a life forgiving each other and our children, our grandchildren, those in our extended family that are right here in this room. Lord, do your work in this altar, I pray. In Jesus' name.